It's 11-11. You know what that means. Good morning. It's 11-11. Isn't that awesome? 11-11. You know what that means? That means double portion. Double portion. Pour it down, Lord. We just welcome you this morning, Father. We've come here just for you. Father, we love each other like brothers and sisters. We laugh, we kibitz, we, we ask if we can borrow a buck. We, we get reminded to write the check. We, we just have friendship together, koinonia, Lord. But the whole thing is because we are yours. You are our papa. You are our daddy. You walk around and you tweak our little cheeks like we're all little Greek kids in our cultures. And you say, you are my favorite, and you are my favorite, and you, and you, and all of you are my favorites, he says. So thank you for coming this morning and worshiping me, says the Father. And let's be reminded that he alone is worthy to be praised. You know, he's, he, he's like the good boss. How many of you have had a good boss in your career where you just say, oh man, the work was just like, ugh, except that man, that woman, they knew how to honor me. They knew how to respect me. They knew how to touch my heart and push me to the next level. They knew how to draw the best out of me. When I was wrong or when I wasn't doing it right, they didn't put me down, they saw the future in me and spoke that out and motivated me to be all that I could be in the workplace. And that's our God. He doesn't put us down. He says, no. He said, this is who I am. I am in you. Now grow up to be like me. We will never be God, no, but to walk and talk and be like him, to just minister, to smile, to touch and heal, oh, that's the mighty God we serve. So you know what? Let's stand. Let's give him praise. Let's give him glory. Let's give him honor through our worship. Open your hearts to him and let him just now be that good boss and minister to you. This is Communion Sunday. We're going to do things a little bit different. If you could come up and get your elements and then go have a seat and hang on to them.
cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body. For we all, we all partake of the one bread. We are participants when we do this with Christ. It talks about, do this in remembrance of me. When we remember him, it's not like when we went to our Catholic buddy's house, and this isn't a knock on Catholics, but they had the picture of Jesus on there, the long-haired Jesus with the solemn face looking up a little bit with a thousand-yard stare. When we remember somebody, we want to remember them their life. When Marilyn remembers her granddaughter, she doesn't think of a picture on her phone. She thinks about her little legs kicking, her voice, her smell, the sound, you know, just everything about her. It's lively. It's it's not just a, a picture. It's not just looking at Christ on the cross. It's his whole life. just to go over the picture of Marilyn when we were talking about this last night we were just we were having the best time just imagining you with your granddaughter and how alive uh, how alive then all of a sudden everything else became so um, and so for us it's like how do we how do we um, let go of that former uh, religious picture of Christ, let go of that former churchianity picture of Christ, and how is it? How can we begin to see Christ in the alive, in His alive form that He is right now? How do we see Him having joy over us? That He is singing over you, that He delights in you, and that He is still. good stuff and so it's about it's about trading out that that old religious churchy uh, picture of Jesus and transforming it and uh, replacing it with the truth of who he who he is right now he is so up in our business saying I have so much for you uh, you know, just trust me, follow me, I'm going to lead you in a, a better, higher path. Yes, because we are partakers yes. of his life. You know, he raised the dead. You know, he, he cast out demons from people. He opened blind eyes. You know, and before he took the communion, the supper, the uh, Passover supper, he basically saw in the future, the disciples, he said, go prepare a place. And they're like, we don't know where to go. And he says, go into the town. You'll see a guy carrying a water jug. Go up and tell him the master has need of, a, has need of the room. So he leads him into the upper room, and there's a place that's completely prepared. And that's how God wants us to do it. He wants us to rely on him because he has prepared the way for us. He is the good shepherd. Could you put up the Luke? And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it 
and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given, to, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord, for your body. His blood is what gives us this relationship. It says, because of his blood, we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. This is what washes us. This is what makes us worthy. Whether you think you're worthy or not, which we're not, except by the blood of the lamb. This is what's made us worthy. This is what gives us the relationship. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your blood. Thank you, Lord. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you, Lord. You have made us worthy. You have washed away our sins. We are participants with you. We are seated in the heavenly places in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You paid it all. Thank you, Lord. When you're when you're going through your thank you when you're going through your week and um, you know either the enemy is lying to you or you're just in your old habits of thinking um, just know that that is not um, just know that Christ is our he is our banqueting table so at this time um, you know just if you're in need of you're in need of better digestion, better circulation, if you're in need of, um, if, if you have headaches or uh, aches or pains, whatever it is, um, know that the blood and the bread are, the, are Christ's banqueting table. He has set a table before you. And at this, the table, maybe this sounds a little bit a little bit gross but see on that table see that healthy part and see that Christ has provided that and that if you are if you are having issues this week with any anything whether it's your whether it's your thinking or your your, uh, your blood your digestion whatever it is see that you're seated there at the table and and you see Jesus he's like he's pouring it out you're you're not going to leave that table empty so just um, if the enemy is coming in to try to condemn you because you know if you're under a doctor's care and you need medication don't let him beat you up and condemn you for that you take that as long as you and the doctor are in agreement let Jesus be the one to tell you hey it's good you, you know you can go back and get the doctors okay on this but um, just know that um, 
It's not because you're doing anything wrong. It's not because you're bad. It is just, uh, it's just take your mind there to that banqueting table and feed on him for whatever it is that you need, whether it's renewing your mind or a family matter or something else. Um, he's there. We're going to continue to worship, and if you have questions of the Lord, because we are the righteousness of God in Christ, ask the Lord. If you you have something in your life that you're like, why is this, Lord? Ask Him, because during worship, He speaks to us pretty clear. So, And remember, we are participants. We're not just on the outside looking in. This is not like watching a football game down on the field. We are down on the field. We are with Christ. majesty, we respond to who you are by laying our lives before your feet. We worship you today, Jesus. We exalt you in this place, Lord. Be exalted over our lives as king, as ruler. Let your kingdom come. Let your rule and reign come into our lives in greater ways and deeper measures today. You are king. You rescued us. And we are no longer our own. We were bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. Because we were purchased by you, sealed and adopted by you, we are no longer who we used to be, but we are yours. We just say today, we are yours. I am yours. I belong to you. All my hope, all my dreams As we were singing, all I own, my family, without you, Jesus, this wouldn't be here right now in this room. My family wouldn't be in this room. I would have no wife and children apart from you. Surely the boundary lines have fallen for every person in this room. Surely the boundary lines have fallen for you in pleasant places. Thank you, Lord. Romans 11. Who could ever wrap their minds around your riches, O God, the depth of your wisdom, and marvel, the marvel of your perfect knowledge? Who could ever explain the wonder of your decisions or search out the mysterious ways that you carry out your plans? For who has discovered how you think, Lord? or is wise enough to be the one to advise you in your plans? Or who has ever first given something to you, Lord God, that obligates you to owe us something in return? And because you, Lord God, are the source and sustainer of everything, everything finds fulfillment in you. My life finds fulfillment in you alone. Apart from you, I am nothing. 
May all praise and honor be given to you, Jesus, forever. Amen. Beloved friends, Romans 12, verse 1. What should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? What should be our proper response? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices. And live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. You know, a while back I, I said, I, I had the privilege of sharing at Global Legacy in Port Orchard. And I was, as Galen says, I was soused. Because the people that led worship that morning, they brought the presence in in a way where I was wasted. I was, and all I could think of when I needed just to break some conversation open was, I am a builder. I am a builder. You guys are builders. Everywhere we go, we build a throne. Everywhere we walk, we are building, we are establishing a throne for King Jesus by our lives laid down at his feet in continuous surrender, continuous worship, continuous lifting up our hearts to him, living sacrifices, living sacrifice. That is what is holy and acceptable, pleasing to God. When we offer our bodies to him, let's just take a moment, let's just offer our parts. Let's offer the, every part of who you are, offer it to him. Hold nothing back this morning. Jesus, I offer to you my mind. I, I give my brain to you. I give my thought processes to you. I lay them on the altar this morning, and I just say, have your way. Let the fire of your presence come and consume this offering. Take this heart, Lord. Take the dreams and the desires and the will and the emotions, the everything that I am, the core of who I am. Take it this morning, Lord, as I present it to you and I lay it on the altar. Let the fire of heaven come and consume all that I am. Let, let Scott Alcorn be unto you a fragrant offering. Let my worship this morning, right now, be to you as pleasing incense before you. This is a love offering. I give myself to you. We give ourselves to you in love because we love you, the one who first loved us. If we do nothing more today, Lord Jesus, than to exchange our vows again, to commit to you again our ways, to offer our hearts of affection, our love towards you because of how loving you are towards us, then we've accomplished what we came here for. We just breathe you in, Lord. We breathe in your presence this morning.
You know, I want to offer an opportunity for anyone to come up. Just if you've got a word or an encouragement or a testimony, a prophetic picture, a scripture, whatever you have, just come up. All of you come up now and at once so we can, so we can kind of roll along with things instead of begging you to come one at a time. And then, uh, yeah. So during worship today, I just kept seeing like these waves going out. And I was like, God, what is that? And he's like, that's your worship. That's your worship going out. Then I saw mountains. And I'm like, well, what's that supposed to be? And he's like, all this that you can see is yours. You, get to, you have authority. And it's not just standing still looking, but as we walk and things, we see the scenery change, it's ours. He's given us permission to go love on people and to have authority in those areas. And it's because we have such a pure heart towards people and, to, and our worship, it's such a, an innocent, pure, pureness about it. It's not because we want something. We're gonna, we're gonna keep things short and sweet. Did you have something, Marilyn? Wow, when we were in worship, I had the privilege of just getting lost, and I love it. Ooh, he's so good when he does that. So we were all in the Holy of Holies. It was amazing. We were all in the throne room, and um, the Father's just basking in our worship. And I saw that the floor was was not solid like this. It was these billowing, um, beautiful, beautiful pieces of material. And I said, Lord, what is it underneath that makes it billow, yet is solid enough that that we were all there. I mean, you were rocking, dancing before the Lord. You, you, Lynette, were just gone. It was so much fun to watch. I just saw all of us, all of us were, all the young kids were running in this amazing circle all around the, the three thrones, just zigga, zigga, zigga. It was just joy. It was life. It was amazing. And I said, so, so Papa, what's, what's the billow under the the, the the materials because it was see-through like this and it's like, you know, in the natural you cannot stand on that and he said, that's my breath of life and I just went, oh and then I just saw him just as it was talking about a sweet sweet spiritual fragrance and offering I just saw his eyes closed and the three of them, they were just like breathing it in and breathing it in and all of a sudden I heard him say something. I did not understand it. I heard him say something. And everybody just kind of graciously parted to the side. We were all still doing our thing. It's Justin, isn't it? Justin, you came running like a sweet little boy. A little boy running to his daddy. And you, the father put his arms out like this to you. And you jumped in his arms like a little kid who's like, Daddy's home, Daddy's home. I've been waiting all day, Daddy's home. And he just pulled you in, and you sat on his lap, and you, you we call it incline. You know how you hold, when I hold little Amelie, I usually hold her with her head, and so when she lays against me, she can hear my heartbeat. And that's how you were with Abba Father. And you could hear his heartbeat. And you were just, you were absolutely in joyful tears. It, the whole thing was just so rich and so wonderful. And that's how we should be all the time before him and with him. 
Smith's got more. Okay. Should we just pass it around the room? Uh, All right, well, I'm going to set, I got the timer set for 20 minutes. Is that okay? 20 minutes? All right with you guys? We'll see if we can get it in shorter than that. That would be a miracle. But, you know, he is the miracle working God, so. You know, last week we talked about the mind of Christ. You know, the Bible tells us that we have the mind of Christ. Let's just look at it. Uh, slide number 24, my son. Uh, this is just part of a big section from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, but it's not verse 24, but it's slide 24, and it's right in the middle of the passage. It says, the Spirit searches all things. Holy Spirit searches. God is always on the move. He's searching all things, even the deep things of God. Who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. We need the Holy Spirit. Last week, I think it was, I probably might have been the week before, I was just like, you know, lay your hands on your own head. You know, don't wait for impartation. Yeah, go, go to Reading and stuff. Go to, go to these places. Go to the hot spots. Get what you can, but don't wait for that. Go into, go into the secret place. Go into that quiet place with the Lord. For me, it's, it could be in the car. It could be in the shower. Uh, I went into the secret place on the, in the car on the way home yesterday. I was flying home. I had to work late. And I just, I'm like, okay, I told Tammy this before. I can either put on, what did I say the other day? Some Pink Floyd or something. Or I could do, it was, it was something a little heavier. It might have been Metallica. I don't know. I was feeling a little edgy. I was like, should I put on some Metallica or should I put on some worship? And I already knew what she would say, so I put on, I, I typed in worship, of course. <laughs> I decided to go into the secret place as I was driving home. And, and last night I did it again. And I had this picture as in, you know, you never know what people on the road are doing. If you see someone, you know, stretching out their hand, they could be doing a Hitler salute. I don't know, but that's not what I was doing. I was extending my hand out against the city and, and not against, but towards the houses and, and just, just getting into the presence. I just wanted to let go of all of my exhaustion from work, all of my weariness. Um, just, I want to come home fresh and, and invigorated by the presence of God. And I had this picture as I was driving and I'm, I feel like I want to paint it one of these days if I could get the art supplies to do it, but I probably won't. But anyway, the picture was really cool. It was like I could see myself, I was looking down at myself, and it was kind of one of those images that looks kind of blurry, because I was driving. And it was like looking down at a driver whose hands on the steering wheel and, and hand out like this, and they're just kind of like facing, facing the future. And there was a, a really cool looking, solid gold crown on my head that was just kind of like blowing back with the wind. You know, it was like, whew, just... Anyway, 
I just thought, God, that's so good of you to just remind me of who I am. That I am a son, that, that, you, that you love me as a son, that, that you treat me as a son, and, and you've put a, a crown on my head. You've put a, a, a royal authority crown on my head. He didn't have to show me that, but apparently I needed to know that on the way home. It was just a, a momentary glimpse. But we need the Holy Spirit. We need him to grace the crown of our head. We need his oil to come and anoint our heads, as we talked about last week, Psalm 23. He anoints my head with oil. He wants to sanctify your imagination. He wants to saturate the deepest places of your mind and your spirit, the place where all of your thoughts happen, you know, the, I, I like to call it the holy place, just like in the Hebrew temple, you know, you had the holy of holies, the holy place, and then the outer courts. Well, that's kind of how your body is. Your spirit within you is like the holy of holies where the Holy Spirit came in and birthed new life and resurrected your, your dead spirit man and created a new creature and now you have the Holy Spirit, one with your spirit, living inside of you, making it so that you are born again. You've experienced second birth. So you have the Holy Spirit on the inside and the Holy of Holies. And he wants to direct our lives from in there outward. You know, how often do we all know that our outer courts try to direct us? My body doesn't feel good. My body feels anxious. My mind, you know, is... I'm stressed out. I'm kind of irritable. I want to curse at traffic as I'm driving, draw, driving by, driving home, because I'm just weary. I'm hot. Been in that little easy-bake oven all day long, that convection fan blowing the hot air around, slow cooking me. I want to put some Metallica on on the way home. But he says, no, I want to lead you from the inner place. In the holy of holies, I want to lead you from where I'm at. The sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. He wants to lead you. He doesn't want me to be led by my flesh, by my outer courts. And he actually doesn't want me to be led by my carnal thinking, my natural mind. He wants to flood. He wants to illuminate the holy place so I just, I'm going to lay my hands on my head right now. You can do it too if you want. I'm, so I, I set apart, I already did it once, but I set apart this space right here where my brain is floating around inside of my skull. I set this place apart to be under the influence, the direct influence of the Holy Spirit from the Holy of Holies into this holy place. And I just declare over my mind, mind, you are now holy unto the Lord. You are consecrated unto the Lord, set apart unto the Lord, in Jesus' name. So he wants to illuminate our imagination, our thinking space. Let's go ahead and look at uh, slide number two. I'm going to have you go all the way to the top. This is from, oh, I guess that's not slide number two that I wanted. It is slide number one, Ephesians 1.18. I love it in the Passion Translation. We were just talking about this before we started the meeting. Paul prayed, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. Just ponder on that for a minute. You know, the, the NIV, how I learned it, you know, I, I, Paul prayed, I, 
I pray that the, I'd have to look it up now. I'm going to, this one's stuck in my head. He prayed that the eyes of our hearts would be opened so that we could see. Did you know you can see with the eyes of your heart, with your spirit? God wants to train us to be a people that don't just see like everybody else. He wants to train us, and he is training us from the day you got saved up until this point right now. So from here on, it's today forward. We forget what's behind. We're going to press on. And he's training and continuing to train us to see things the way he sees them. Because sons and daughters are led by the Spirit. Sons and daughters of God are under the influence of the, of the illuminating light of God. That, want, that he wants to flood your mind. He wants to flood your spirit. He wants to just like override everything that's going on around you, all of the stuff, all of the memories that are, that are haunting you, that are trapping you, that you may not be stuck in like 24-7, but it's those things from back there, way back there, that keep coming up to the surface, rearing their ugly head, looking around like a gopher popping up, you know. Hey, remember that time? You want to start getting angry all over again? Remember what happened at your house that time? When you had a leadership meeting at your house? And everything went to pot? I'm not going there. Don't worry. Remember what she said to me the other day? Remember what that coworker did when they totally misunderstood me? Hmm. I have a right to be mad. Thank God for Sozo. <laughs> Teaches us how to forgive, how to release. I choose to forgive. And if I have to do it a thousand times over, I will do it a thousand times over. If I can exchange the, the being trapped in the memory of yesterday, the negative things, the things that that God didn't want me to hang on to. There's stuff from the past he wanted you to hang on to. So don't throw out the, bath, the baby with the bathwater, okay? Your church experience especially, most of us have negative church experiences at some point. That doesn't mean that everything in that negative past was meant to be canned. Yeah. <laughs> don't throw out the baby. He was establishing kingdom. Kingdom remains. Kingdom lasts forever. The church, the face of the church, churchianity, you guys all know, we all know it shifts, it moves, the face of it changes, the human nature, the attitudes, the misunderstandings, it all is just in the mix. But we get to grab on to the meat, as your dad would say, spit out the bones, keep the meat, throw out the bathwater, stinky bathwater, keep that baby he was establishing kingdom and still is establishing kingdom. Now that was a rabbit trail. So back on to him ruling and reigning over our minds. He wants to free us from the past. And daily we get the opportunity to offer our minds, offer our body to him as a living sacrifice. And it doesn't have to be just at one point in the morning when you're having your open Bible quiet time with a cup of coffee. It can be throughout the day. He wants to ignite a conversation with each one of us all day long. 
And he doesn't get offended if you get distracted and talk to other people. He just wants you to know that he's always there and he's always on. The door is always open. Do we read that whole thing? So I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. The full revelation. God wants to give you a kingdom mindset. Full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is, the wealth of God's glorious inheritances. Say inheritances. Inheritances. That's a hard one to say. The wealth, the immeasurable volume and richness of the inheritances that he finds in each one of us, his holy ones. There's gold in them hills. (laughs) That could be taken kind of weird, but there is treasure. (laughs) Amy, come on. There is treasure. You're going to have to talk to your wife about it. Too much Netflix. <laughs> oh, this is family time. It's family room. We can be real. We don't need to ever be religious and phony. Okay. There is treasure inside of each one of us, inside of you. I saw it last week in worship. It was like, no, it was at our house a couple weeks ago when I passed that little spear thing around I was seeing that flakes of gold and just the God is mining it he's looking for it he wants to draw it to the surface he he wants to take the sons and daughters of earth reconcile them to himself so that they will know that there's a father that loves them as a son or a daughter that created them they would know that Jesus paid the full price for you to come into that that you could be freed from your sin and receive a new life, resurrection life birthed within you. You could receive the Holy Spirit. We receive not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God that we may know, that we may understand that the eyes of our minds or the eyes of our heart, the eyes of our imagination, according to the Passion Translation, would be illuminated. He provided all of this so that we could know, so that we could see, so that we could know the real picture. And he wants to draw us into that as a lifestyle. He wants to, and it may seem, for me at many times, it's felt really big. Like, this is, this is hard. This could take some real training, renewing of the way I think. But I'm, I'm willing to learn because I got one life to live and I know now that there's gold in those hills. There's gold, there's treasure in those people out there. And I'm not talking about just you guys. It's easy to pick out the treasure in Christians because, you know, you put on your best face. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, it's easy because I'm around you all the time. But it's hard when you go over to the homeless guy that's sitting in front of SARS over there and he's broken and all you can see is his sun-baked skin and unshaven face and maybe the, the smell of not being bathed. But there's treasure in that guy. And he needs to know it because if, if he could wake up to who God says he is, who he was created to be, who he was designed to be, then he would begin transformation. He would begin to change. He would find freedom. If you know the truth, the truth will set you free. So 
as an apostolic prophetic based church, don't need to reteach all of that over. I feel like I always get stuck going over the foundation of each message over and over. Talk about what an apostle is. You know, we, we talk about prophets. We, we know that we need this apostolic prophetic foundation. I want to read a couple notes here. So Jesus, I read this last week. I want to read it again. Jesus is our prophet, priest, and king. He is our chief apostle. He is our shepherd. Since we have been united with him in his death, our lives are now hidden in Christ, and we are seated with him in the heavenly realm right now. We are a new creation, recreated to be like Jesus. Prophetic, priestly, apostolic, ruling and reigning in life. You have been called to rule as kings and priests, rule and reign in life through Christ Jesus. Jesus revealed the heart of the Father. He was so in tune and intimate with the Father that he only did what he saw the Father do and say what he heard the Father say. He was only doing the works of the Father. This is what we've been invited to step into. His plan is that our hearts would awaken to the Father, hearing his voice, knowing who he says we are, being led, directed, and controlled by his spirit. An apostolic prophetic people want to build on that foundation of intimacy with the Lord. It's not about religion, it's about a relationship. Someone said that when I was a brand new Christian, I don't think it ever disappeared. I lost my space. Intimacy with the Lord, learning to hear his voice and see life from the throne room perspective. We talk a lot about that. We'll go back into that. He gives us the Holy Spirit so that we can know his mind. We covered that really thoroughly last week and again a little bit this morning. You have been given access to the mind of Christ by the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation that Paul prayed for. If you need wisdom and you need revelation, you need the Holy Spirit. You need him to come and illuminate your mind, saturate your thinking, and you need to believe that he speaks to you. We talked about this last week, uh, and we won't go into it, but Psalm 139, 17 to 18, he knows his thoughts towards us. They outnumber the sands of the sea, of the seashore. His thoughts are just continuous, continuous. So, I've got a minute and 40 seconds left. I guess I wasn't going to cut it short, but I, I want to cover just a couple things. I'm going to go a little bit further into this um, probably next week. Maybe unpack it a little bit more. If you, if you haven't listened to, do you, how many of you guys listen to podcasts? About half of you. If you listen to podcasts, or even if you don't, you should really like try to find Steve Backlund's Igniting Hope Ministries podcast. He had a, a episode, I think I went back and found it actually, about things to help you grow in the prophetic. I'll ramble them off. You know, I'm, I'm basically uh, plagiarizing, but that's okay. In the kingdom, we just need the stuff. We need the tools. We can't worry about you know, making sure everyone gets credit all the time. But I'm giving him credit. Listen to Steve Backland. If you never have seen this book before, I listened to Dan McCollum 
uh, when we were doing prophetic ministry for Galen down at Global Legacy in McMinnville. We have never done that before. So we needed to get some activation. And after listening to a couple sessions, knowing that he had a book called Basic Training for Prophetic Activation, it gave me tools. It gave us tools. And all these tools are, they're like triggers. They're little triggers to help you engage a conversation with the Lord. Triggers like the meaning of a person's name, John, beloved son of God. I don't remember what Mary means, but oh, now we're in negative seconds. Anyway, I would recommend getting this book. I might share a little bit, of, a few snippets out of it next week. Um, Steve Backlund, I'm going to ramble these off and we're going we're to end with this. Five steps he gave, and I'll, I'll have some scriptures next week we'll go over. Prioritize and understand what prophetic ministry is. That's what we're trying to get ourselves into. We, what we really, our heart as a church is that we would be this community of believers that, is a, that has a prophetic culture. We want to be able to activate all of our people, all of our kids, all of the adults, so that we're all hearing God. Like our, our ears have been tweaked, our ears are in tune and ready to receive whatever he wants to say so that we can be those that go after the treasure. I'm not going to read those five things, actually. So I'm going to just stop with that. And you guys can stand up if you want to. That helps. <clears throat> so if Paul prayed that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened, that we would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, and that the eyes of our hearts, the eyes of our imagination would be illuminated would be lit up so that we would know the hope of our calling and the glorious riches of his inheritances in the saints. If we know that there's treasure in the saints and God wants to help us to see it, then it's important. It should become a priority in what we do. And that's one of Steve Backlund's things was make it a priority. Paul said, you know, I'm glad you speak in tongues, most of us who speak in tongues know it's pretty edifying. It really does help build up your inner man or inner woman. It primes the pump. It begins the flow of God. For me, it just helps break my brain into that spirit realm, and it helps me to just get into the presence of God faster. Sometimes it's worship, but tongues is a really good tool that God has given us. You don't have to speak in tongues. You get to. You get to. It's a free gift. Practice. But Paul said, I would rather you prophesy than to speak in tongues. Tongues is good. He, he didn't negate tongues. But he said, I would rather that you all may prophesy. God's heart is that you and I, sons and daughters, would, would get ourselves into cultivating more and more a relationship with the Father, a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with the Holy Spirit, where we learn to hear his voice, where we shut up long enough. I'm not trying to be mean or rude, but we got to shut up. We got to shut our brain down a little bit. Be still and know that I am the Lord, the Psalm says, so that we could hear his voice and hear what he's saying hear what he is highlighting inside of people. Let's pray. All right. You want to pray for us? Sure. I don't know why I hesitated. <laughs>
Oh, Father, we love you so much, God, and we count it such a privilege to be able to gather together. God, just teach us, show us all these things that we're learning, Father, and to actually apply it. God, that we would step out and take risks, God. God, you've called us to take risks. God, just, we just bless this week, Father, and um, people that are traveling, God, just cover over them, and um, yeah, just help us to have a blessed week, and God, we just release blessing over everyone here, God, that they would um, just grow closer to you, God, and um, just step into their destinies, Father, and um, we just, we love you, and we just praise you in your name, amen.